Hallelujah. I'm going to just run and jump straight into the word on today. Amen. And God has given me the title, The Easy Way Out. Amen. The Easy Way Out. Amen. Amen. And I want y'all to know I changed this title. At first, I thought it was going to be the blame game. But as I kept reading, it went coming together. Amen. And then I got the easy way out, and I was thinking, you know, God was going to say that we try to take the easy way out. And I said, no, nah, that's not what I'm trying to do. That's not the direction that I'm going in. God is saying, we won't take the easy way out. We won't take the easy way out. And so I need y'all to remember, I'm going to be, this, this, one of them, this one of them sermons that has a lot of scripture that I might not read. This one of those, these sermons where I'm going to be making a lot of references to things that have already been preached. So if you have missed some services and I reference a sermon, you need to go back and get it so you can get the full picture. I mean, but I need y'all to remember, um, I need you to remember Leviticus 10. I need you to remember the sermon Strange Smoke. This is when, that's the sermon when Aaron's sons offer strange fire to the Lord. Right? They offered this strange sacrifice and then they were consumed by fire. And then the Lord commands Aaron not to mourn, but to move forward with worship. Y'all remember that one? He said, you better not cry. You better not even mess up your hair or shed a tear. I need you to go right back in there and start to worship again. Right? Aaron was unable to blame God. He was unable to blame others. He was unable to, he couldn't shut down. He couldn't reject responsibility. He couldn't discontinue fellowship. Right? He couldn't do those things and remain the high priest. He could have done them, but he couldn't did them things and still been the person that God called him to be. He had to continue to worship for himself and to worship for the people. Worship was and it is the easy way out. But we try to, I don't know what it is why we think that God ain't the easy way. We act like God is the hard way. But y'all, please tell me, whatever, whatever has the world done for you that was easy, and at the end of the day, it lasted. You can't tell me nothing that the world has ever done for you, right? Even though it seemed easy, it was always going to be a tough pill on the back end to swallow. I think about all the ways that the world hurt me and, and they never said sorry. Ne never, the world never apologized. Right? And even when the apology came, right, it's still like, but I still got scars off that. So not only, you know, even if the apology came, it still couldn't go back and fix the hurt that was done. Like, Jesus is the only person that I know that can give you years back. Jesus is the only person that I know that even if I die, I can live again. Like, he's the only person that can make it all the way completely right. But I don't understand why we don't see God as the easy way out. We make it as if God is the hard way. Aaron had to continue to worship for himself, and he had to continue to worship for the people. Worship was and is the easy way out, but we make it so hard. Even though Aaron was not at fault, God did not allow him to mourn. When you read that chapter, the people were allowed to mourn, but he could. 
Some of y'all, as y'all are going through stuff, allow your pastor to mourn for you. Allow me to cry for you. Allow me to hurt for you. What I want you to do is worship. Allow me to be sad for you. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Allow me to cry out for you. But I don't, I don't, I, and I'm saying allow me to do it because I don't want you to get stuck in that spot. I don't want you to get stuck and give up. I don't want you to get stuck and quit. I don't want you to stuck and give up the person that God is trying to turn you in. You keep worshiping. Allow me to cry for you. And then when I go through something, y'all cry for me so that I won't stop, so that I won't give up. Aaron was not allowed to stop. The people could mourn, but he couldn't because his worship impacted the whole congregation. If, 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 if worship stopped because we've been through something, when no worship take place in this house, because every single person in here has been through something. The worship can't stop. The worship can't stop. The world is going to tell you the easy way out is to just do you. But the easy way out is to worship. It's to worship. Worship through your pain. Worship through your disappointment. Worship through your hurt. That's the easy way out. Lord, I thank you. Whether it's your stuff or somebody else's stuff, we have a hard time accepting the truth. We want desperately for it to be another answer. We want desperately for it to be another answer. We want it to be another answer than read your Bible. We want it to be another answer than come to church. We want it to be another answer than the love, the, the turn the other cheek to forgive. We want it to be another answer because those things seem so hard. God, I don't understand when I read. God, I, just, I don't understand why I can't pray. I don't know the words to say. I don't know why I can't open my mouth. I don't know why I can't do this. I don't know why I can't forgive. Because that person hurt me so bad. I don't know why I can't do. Those things seem so hard to do. But it's the easy way out. Because as long as you hold on to those things, the road's still going to be hard. The road is still going to be hard. We have a hard time accepting the truth. We want the answer to be something different. Jesus is cool and all, but we are the type of people that say, give us Barabbas. I'm going to get to that later. Because to accept Jesus, to accept Jesus would mean that we're guilty. And see, that's the hard part. That's why that's the hard part. Like, and I'm saying it's hard, but it's not. It's easy to accept God. That's the problem that we have. That's the difficulty that we have with accepting Jesus. Because it would admit that I'm not in control. We would have to admit that I'm not in control, that I can't do this, yeah. that I need you, that I can't fix it, that I can't solve it, that I can't have what I want when I want it. We would have to admit. That we not God. I, I can't do this. But if we would just surrender to God, that would be taking the easy way out. Doing it your way is the hard way, y'all. Doing it your way is the hard way. So I know, you know, I know that in this church, you might get tired of hearing about sin. Your pastors and your teachers and, and, and folks, we might 
preach so much that it may seem like, man, these folks, it always seems like every time I turn around, I can't do nothing right. They, 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 they always talking about not missing Bible study. They always talking about not missing church. They all, it always seem like I, no matter what I do, there's still another, another something else that I got to do for Jesus. But I don't know why you feel that way because as much as I talk about sin, I talk about Jesus being the answer to sin. I never just talk about sin and not present the church with a solution to sin, which is to Jesus. And I wouldn't preach about it so much if I didn't see it. But y'all have to understand what the gospel is. The gospel is the good news. It is to save. It is to deliver. It is to set free. And so just because you have accepted the Lord does not mean that there is work that they're like, like it's, it's all good now. There's no work to be done. And so I preach about sin because I can't talk about Jesus without talking about sin. He died for sin. He came to this earth to deal with sin. He gave his life to deal with sin. He realized everything that he did was to deal with sin. And that's the problem. Churches are trying to separate Jesus from sin. They'll tell you Jesus will give you X, Y, and Z and not even mention sin. We can't discuss Jesus in a casual way. Like he died for my sins and then we use it for a justification to keep sinning. Right? What you mean? We talk about Jesus in a casual way. Yeah, I believe in Jesus. He died for my sins. So when I mess up, I'm human. Jesus died for my sins. It's just so it's a casual thing like I don't have to worry about that because Jesus died for my, my sins. But Paul would say something like, God forbid that we do that. I got in my notes, my armor bearer would say, heavens no. Heavens no. Heavens no. Romans 6 and 15 says it like this. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under God's grace? God forbid. Heavens no. When you know that God is gracious, it should make you more appreciative. It should make you understand the seriousness of what Jesus has done for you. It should just make you take his sacrifice so casually. So in Leviticus chapter 16, that's where I am today. In Leviticus chapter 16, Aaron is supposed to offer a sacrifice on the Day of Atonement. The Day of Atonement is the holiest day to the Jewish people. It is the holiest day to the Jewish people. His themes are atonement and repentance. Atonement is when the price is getting ready to be paid, getting ready to be made right with God. Right? The Jewish people would traditionally observe this day with a 25-hour fast and prayer. And during this time, they would reflect on their sins. They would seek Forgiveness for God. They would also take this time to seek and grant forgiveness amongst individuals. And they would make uh, resolutions in preparation of the new year. 
And so generally what we do, like when we do watch now, y'all do understand, like that's an African, that's a slave thing, right? Like how we do December into January, crossing over into the new, that's a slave thing. That's an African-American thing. They were praying on on the day, waiting for Abraham Lincoln to sign the Emancipation Proclamation and to be free and to be set at liberty. Right? That's where that comes from. But to the Jewish people, in their calendar, they were starred. This day of atonement was right before their year was ended, and they would spend the months leading up to the new year in a time seeking God's repentance and asking for forgiveness. On our calendar, it would be like September, October. So from imagine from September to December, you spend the time just praying and asking God to forgive you and forgive others. And Lord, you know, prepare me for the year that's to come. Right? See, we do it a couple of hours before we cross over. They was doing it about three months before the year shifted, getting me ready for the next season. And so in Leviticus 16, Aaron is getting ready to do the, the sacrifice for atonement. And y'all can stay seated. I'm going to read to you a little bit. This is Leviticus 16, verses 1 through 10. It says, And the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of his two sons, who were killed when they offered unholy fire to the Lord. To the Lord. He said, Tell your brother Aaron that only at the proper time is he to go behind the curtain into the most holy place, because that is where I appear in a cloud above the lid on the covenant box. If he disobeys, he will be killed. He may enter the most holy place only after he has brought a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. The sin offering was for forgiveness of sins. That's Jesus is the prescription. That's that sermon. Y'all go listen to that one. So Aaron, before he could offer a sacrifice for the people, he had to offer one for himself. Before I can come in here and pray for y'all and be, hey, Lord, forgive them or bless them or do whatever, I have to prepare myself before I do whatever. I got to be in right standing. I got to I got to try to make sure that my household is lining up with the word of God before I can come in and tell anybody else about their household. Right, so what I just read to you, God is giving Aaron instructions. Get you a bull, do a sin offering, and do a burnt offering. So the sin offering was when I preached on Jesus being a prescription for sin. That's intentional sin and unintentional sin. Then he was also to offer a burnt offering. That's up in smoke. The burnt offering is just after he would ask for forgiveness of his sins, then God say, do this offering and just worship me. Offer me yourself. Aaron had to do all of this before he even dealt with the sins of the people. Fourth verse, then the Lord gave the following instructions. It says, before Aaron goes into the most holy place, he must take a bath and put on the priestly garments, the linen robe, the shorts, the belt, and the turbans. That sermon was put on for God. That's when I was talking about the, the, the clothes that the priests wear and how we clothe and prepare ourselves for worship. When we clothe ourselves with the preparation that goes into serving God, that was that sermon. Fifth verse. After Aaron does all of that preparation, the fifth verse says the community of Israel shall give Aaron two male goats for a sin offering 
and a ram for a burnt offering. He shall offer a bull as a sacrifice to take away his own sins and those of his family. Then he shall take the two goats to the entrance of the tent of the Lord's presence. This is where the thing get interesting, y'all. Them two goats. Leviticus 8, it says, there he shall draw two lots. He shall draw lots. Lots is like rolling dice. He takes these two goats and he rolls the dice. Right? He shall draw lots using two stones, one mark for the Lord and the other for a zeal. A zeal is the interpretation is like some kind of demon that lives in the desert. Right? So one of these goats is going to be for God, one of these goats is going to be for the devil. Aaron shall sacrifice the chosen. He rolls these dice. He says Aaron shall sacrifice the chosen goat by the lot for the Lord and offer it as a sin offering to take away the sins. The chosen goat for the devil shall be presented alive to the Lord and sent off into the desert in order to take away the sins of the people. 60, I'm jumping down to the, to the 20th verse. When Aaron had finished performing the rituals to purify the most holy place, the rest of the ten of the Lord's presence in the altar, he should present the Lord, the live goat chosen for the devil. He should put both of his hands on the goat's head and confess over it all the evil sins and rebellions of the people of Israel and so transfer them to the goat's head. Then the goat is to be driven off into the desert by someone appointed to do it. The goat will carry all their sins away with him into the uninhabited land. Pastor, you just talked about a whole bunch of goats and bulls. Jesus is the prescription. He is the once and for all sacrifice. Jesus is the high priest. He's Aaron. Jesus is the sin offering. He's the goat that was slain for the remission of sins. Jesus is also the scapegoat. He's the goat that Aaron put his hands on and said, all the sins go right here, and then I'm going to cast this person out and cast this goat out into the desert. Jesus is all of that wrapped up into one. I need y'all to understand how much Jesus loves you. We would be having to do all of this stuff with bulls and goats if not for Jesus. I need you to understand how much he loves you. There is a term. Have you ever heard the term scapegoating? This is where it came from. Scapegoating is when you take the blame and you put it on somebody else. Jesus took everything, everything that you did, Sister Kier, everything that you did, Joy, everything that you did, Minister, Jesus took all of that. He said, put the blame on me. Don't put it on my son. Don't put it on my daughter. Don't put it on Brandon. Put it on me. He took all the blame for everything you ever did, every mistake on the bear. He took it. Don't put it on them. Put it on me. Don't cast them away. Don't send them away in the desert. Put it on me. I'll take it. That's what the term comes from. We good at scapegoating. We good at putting the blame on other people and saying, I ain't do it. It ain't my fault. Right? We good. We're comfortable with letting Jesus take all the blame but giving him none of the credit for doing it. 
Jesus gave us the easy way out, but we won't receive it. He's saying, I'll take it all. Ask yourself today, why won't I? What's stopping me from giving it up? What's stopping me from not worrying about my finances? What's, what's stopping me from being consistent? Like, what's, what's stopping me from getting out of that relationship? What's stopping me from trusting? What's stopping me from walking in my calling? And whatever that thing is that's stopping you from giving yourself completely to Jesus, ask yourself, is it going to save you? I'm telling you, he gave you the easy way out. He gave you the easy way out. When you look up the, 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 the term scapegoating, I, I read an article, that, and this is a, um, a psychological article. But it says, it's, it's something called the ego defense of displacement. Think about ego. The ego defense of displacement. It plays an important role in scapegoating. It plays an important role. When you place the blame on everybody else, that's your ego. Right? Displacement means I'm going to take something that's with me and I'm going to place it somewhere else. I'm going to take all the anger, all the frustration, all the envy, all the guilt, all the shame, all the energy, and I'm going to place it or redirect it onto something or someone else. Often the person that we put it on is more vulnerable or weaker than us. It's a defense mechanism. It's an emotional reaction. Right? Scapegoaters or, uh, or scapegoats, rather, are normally, they are, they are normally people who they're trying to do right. They ain't messing with nobody. They really ain't got a lot in the first place. They're not trying to be the boss. They're not, they, right? Normally, it can be your parents. Parents ain't doing that to you. But you need somebody to blame. So instead of dealing with your stuff, I'm going to put it on your parents. I'm going to put it on your child fault. You want to be better as a spouse. But that ego won't let you. Oh, it's my husband's fault. If he would just do A, Y, and Z, then I would do such and such and such. It's that job. It's some folks on my job. They get me out of character because of how they be at. I don't know why these folks just won't do right. It's the man. It's white people. It's somebody. It got to be somebody. It got to be somebody fault besides mine. But with all those excuses, all the ways that we as human beings try to shift blame or redirect stuff that is wrong with us, Jesus is like, I'm I took it all. I took it for the white people. I took it for the Mexican people. I took it for the poor people. I took it for the rich people. I took it for the women. I took it for the men. I took it for the homosexual. I took it for the thief on the cross. I took it for whoever you can think of. I took it for all of them. You don't have no, you don't have to put the blame on somebody else. I took the blame. I'm giving you the easy way out. You don't have to be mad at mama because I took mama's sins. You don't have to be mad at dad because daddy went there. I took daddy's sins. You don't have to put the blame on me. I'm giving you the easy way out. I'm making it easy for you to forgive. Because I'm going to take everything. 
Y'all can blame me. We have no excuse for our behavior. At every turn in the Bible, the Bible, and at every turn, the Bible commands us to love, to forgive, to long suffer, to consider others. Yet we choose everything except the godly way. We choose everything except the godly way. We choose everything except the easy way. I hope this word is doing something to y'all. And saying, y'all, y'all gotta understand, like I'm I'm. Oh, Lord Jesus. Because I know y'all, I'm speaking directly to your situation. I just ain't calling you by name. I know every single person in this church who's struggling with grief, who's going through it in their marriage, who's going through it with their children, who's going through it with their finances, who can't get along with folks, who's struggling with self-esteem. Every single person, and I'm telling you, God is the easy way out. If I am ever hard on you, I'm hard on you because I'm I'm trying to push you. I'm trying to push you in some uncomfortable places. I'm never trying to be insensitive to your grief or what you're going through, but I'm trying to push you into God. Because I feel like if I can push you hard enough into God, when you fall into his arms, you're going to be all right. You're going you're gonna to breathe. But some of y'all kicking and screaming to get like you. You don't want to be put in a place where God is. And I don't understand it. I'm almost done, JJ. I'm going to read this. This is. 1 Peter chapter 4. And it says, the end of all things is near. I don't know if y'all believe that, right? I know the Bible says we don't know the day or the time that he's going to return, but somebody die every day. Somebody's, Somebody's end is near every single day. The end of all things is near. You must be self-controlled and alert to be able to pray. Did y'all hear what I just In order to pray, you must be self-controlled and alert. How else will you even know what to say? If your emotions are all over the place, if you can't focus for a moment, or you are, or if you're not aware of the situation and what has actually happened, how can you pray? The end of all things is near. You must be self-controlled and alert to be able to pray. Above everything, love one another earnestly, because love covers over many sins. Open your homes to each other without complaining. Each one of you as a good manager of God's different gifts must use for the good of others the special gift he has received from God. God's way is so easy. Love God. Love other people. The quiet life. Love God. 
love other people. You'll, you'll be amazed how quick God starts blessing you. Love God and love other people. You will be amazed how fast God starts to bless you. Working harder on your job ain't going to unlock your blessing. Loving God will unlock your blessing. Loving other people will unlock your blessing. Using whatever gift he's giving you. Using whatever gift you've given you, he's giving you to bless others will bless you. Those who preach must preach God's messages. Those who serve must serve with the strength that God give, gives them so that in all things praise may be given to God through Jesus Christ to whom belong glory and power forever and ever. Hallelujah. I know this part right here for somebody. 12 verse. My dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful test you are suffering. Do not. Nemesis. Luscious. Are you stopping? Do not be surprised at the painful tests you are suffering as though something unusual were happening to you. Rather be glad that you are sharing Christ's sufferings so that you may be full of joy when his glory is revealed. Happy are you if you are insulted because you are Christ's followers. This means that the glorious spirit, the spirit of God is resting on you. If you get into this God thing and stuff start happening to you, if you start serving God and stuff starts happening to you, that means you're doing it right. If you serving God and don't nothing happen to you, stuff, everything go your way, you ain't doing it right. That's what social media make you think. And y'all please understand when I say stuff start happening to you, I ain't talking about you lose a hundred dollars or I'm talking about stuff that hurts you. I'm talking about stuff that tests your faith. I'm talking about stuff that happened to your families. I'm talking about all that, that easy stuff. Your car get messed up. You can't pay your bills. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about when you go through the stuff with the people that you love. And you see God walking you through that thing. Give him praise for keeping you. If you suffer, if you suffer, 
If you suffer, it must not be because you are a murderer or a thief or a criminal or a meddler in other people's affairs. However, if you suffer because you are a Christian, don't be ashamed of it. But thank God that you bear Christ's names. Either way, you're going to suffer. Some people suffer because of the ashes. You steal it, so you're going to go to jail. But if you suffer because you're trying to do right, don't be ashamed of it. But thank God that you bear his name. The time has come for judgment to begin. And God's own people are the first to be judged. If it starts with us, how will it end with those who do not believe the good news from God? need y'all to understand it's going gonna, gonna to help somebody it's going to help somebody if you go ahead and prepare yourself for the test you won't be let down you won't be scared and let down when it comes you won't be, you won't be afraid of it accept it accept it accept it Y'all check this 18 verse out. As the scripture says, it is difficult for good people to be saved. What then will become of godless sinners? It's hard for good people to be saved because they don't think that nothing is wrong. That's when you start saying, why me? Why not you? Y'all know how long people on this earth been suffering? You got slavery, you got the Holocaust, you got the Great Depression, World Wars, Vietnam, like, y'all know how long people on this earth been suffering, why not you? The question is, do you have Jesus? Because no matter what you go through, Jesus is going to be the what? The easy way out. You don't want to go through all of this stuff and it be in vain. Everybody going to go through something. Everybody. Even these babies. They're going to grow up and they're going to go through something. The best thing you can do for them as parents is to give them the word now that they will know that when they start to go through something, that bash will turn and he will know when my daddy told me that Jesus is the easy way out. Because it's coming. It's coming for your little baby. It's coming. They need to know that Jesus is going to be the way out. Last verse and then I'm done. 19. So then those who suffer because it is God's will for them should by their good actions trust themselves completely. Do y'all hear me? Trust themselves completely to their creator who always keeps his promise. When you're going through something, ask yourself, ask yourself this, am I going through this because I'm out of order? Am I going through this because I'm, I'm, I'm actively walking in sin? Or am I going through this, God, because you're trying to strengthen my faith in you and you're trying to exalt me? Exalting comes from suffering. 
You can't say I want to get closer to God and then not go through something. You can't live off the same testimony that you did when you first got saved. Something got to happen to you. Something got to happen to you to test your faith because when your faith is tried, that's what turns it into gold. Jesus is the easy way out, y'all. He's the easy way out.